Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Rains. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. So today we're going to be talking about abortion, breaking down abortion as a topic. I think it's important that we look in our own backyard first. So we are in the state of Arizona, Mm -hmm. and why not start with Arizona? Yeah, it's what we're most familiar with. Correct. We use it as a baseline, and obviously this is pertaining, this aspect is just going to pertain to Arizona, but is applicable to other states as well in some areas. Mm -hmm. Obviously, every state is governed by their own laws in terms of the regulations that oversee abortion. So that being said, in Arizona, we allow abortions up to 24 weeks, which is uh, the end of the second trimester of pregnancy. 24 weeks. Now, you've talked about this before, but what does a baby in the 24th week in the womb look like? What is that? What are some of the characteristics of it? You Because this just blows me away when you do this. This blows me away, too, because it is almost unimaginable. So at 24 weeks with medical intervention, most babies can survive. So if a baby is born at 24 weeks, obviously they will have to go into the neonatal intensive care unit Mm -hmm. and they will require uh, medical assistance until they reach probably 28 to 32 minimum weeks Mm -hmm. uh, before they could even come out of that high level of care and then transition maybe into a lower level of care. Okay. Uh, So at that point, we're talking about life. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think before that point, we're still talking we about no, life. Well, but, as you and I both agree, right. it's at conception is really when, when we believe it, it's life. Even the hardcore pro-choice people could not deny that this is a life at this point because it well, is actually, viable. Well, actually, they do. Yeah, they still do. They still do. But I mean... Right. So at that point, the baby... They're not being intellectually honest. Yes. At that point, the baby is uh, smile is able to smile. Mm. The baby can uh, is dreaming. They can have, they actually are, are dreaming as they sleep. They can determine this by the REM movements in their eyes. Uh, they are able to uh, sense touch. They are able to feel pain. They can get the hiccups. You can feel the baby move. This is a fully formed baby. About how big is it at that point? 
the size of a fist? A uh, bigger than the size of a fist. Bigger than the size of a fist. I would say uh, probably between your middle finger and... Maybe well, the on a middle woman. of your forearm. Yeah. Okay. For a woman, yes. Okay. And again, you know, the baby's head is probably the size of a plum, maybe a little bit bigger. Okay. I mean, we're talking about a human being. Without question. There are laws that protect the eggs of an eagle. That is considered a criminal offense. Mm-hmm. And yet we're not protecting our own little ones. And by the way, in case you missed this episode, way back in the beginning when we first started, the word fetus translated means little one. And I think we should emphasize that because it sounds too clinical when you say fetus, but when you realize that it does mean little one. It, I agree. Uh, I agree. I think that when, when we use the term fetus, we distance ourselves from really what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We're using more medical jargon. Scientific terminology. And it desensitizes us mm-hmm. to what we're really discussing. When, when you're talking about a baby and you're looking at a newborn or you're looking at a 10-month-old, I think that it's important to remember that at one time, this baby was six weeks in utero, eight weeks. I mean, we all came from that size and at that age. Right. And as my husband had stated in, in a previous episode as well, you know, how many doctors have we aborted? How many um, scientists that could have cured cancer? What have we done as a society to our future? And we'll never know. And we'll never know what this has cost us. Mm-hmm. In looking further into the whole topic of abortion, I think I'm speaking for both of us, Ron. When I say we understand it's political, we understand that some of our listeners may or may not agree with our opinions or Mm -hmm. what we're saying. But again, our goal is just to ask our listeners to open their hearts and their minds and understand that we are just trying to promote education and trying to help the public understand. Because studies have shown us that a lot of people who are pro-abortion are not as educated as people that are against abortion. Mm -hmm. So in other words, if you don't have all the facts, how can you make a decision? Certainly. So look at all sides of of whatever the issue is, is always a good policy. It is. And abortion is important to everybody because in some aspect or a lot of us know somebody who maybe has chosen adoption over abortion, or maybe they know somebody who's had an abortion. I had a call today uh, from a client that is that is coming in, and her words were literally, I have already had one abortion and I can't move past it. And I don't want to do that again, no matter what. I can't go through that. I can't go through the aftermath or the guilt or how I feel about myself mm-hmm. after doing that. And that's why I'm I'm choosing adoption this time because I can't face myself in the mirror again. I think that that's really, really important because people are not realizing that this isn't a one and done visit and then you go on to live your life. Your quick fix. No. And everything is going to be peachy. And you know what? To some people, I think it is. And I don't think they have that conscience about it. But I think it catches up because in the women that I've spoken to, and I've spoken to women that have had multiple mm-hmm. abortions, and 
at the time, maybe they were using some type of drugs or maybe they had something in their life that was distracting them from what was really going on in their lives. But they've described it almost as like a tidal wave. When they look back and they realize, oh my gosh. It just floods in. It does. It just floods in. And I didn't know that I had this option of adoption. You know, nobody talks about it. I hadn't heard of, heard of it. I didn't know how to go about it. I didn't know where to go. And so in talking about abortion, I'm hoping that we're opening the doors on many levels. I hope that we can successfully provide accurate information in a manner that people will be receptive to hearing it. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we are able to really look at what's going on in our backyard, in our country, even aside from all of the political aspects of it. It's really what it boils down to is we're talking about a baby. One of the questions that I get from, not from clients that we work with, but from people who are just wanting to to broach the abortion subject with me, and that is, you know, well, isn't it lucrative? Isn't it financially lucrative? for some entity? The answer is yes. You mean abortion? Correct. Okay. It is financially lucrative. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have now um, medicinal, am I saying that correct? Sounds right. Yeah. So the abortion pill uh, is in the state of Arizona, approximately $560. Wow. Um, Which in my mind is, is expensive. I think so, especially when you're talking about those who would do that, you know, that are in a situation that yes. they would do that. Yes. That's a lot of money. So up until 11, so the average, and I pulled uh, two different providers that are Arizona providers, uh, up to 11 weeks and six days, uh, the cost ranges from $560 to 620 uh, at 15 weeks, the cost ranges from $740 to about $800, give or take. Uh, at 20 weeks, it ranges from $1,800 to $1,900. And then as we go up, it continues to increase. And up until the 23 weeks and six day mark, mm-hmm. it the ranges. The cutoff point in Arizona. Correct. Mm-hmm. It ranges from $2,400 to $2,500. For me, this isn't a money issue Mm -hmm. that I have a problem with. It is 100% what people are choosing. This goes down to when they say, when you make a decision, is it life or death? This is life or death. Right. This is not, there's no in the middle. Mm -hmm. So when you hear that phrase being tossed around, because you, you, You've got to have heard it when people say, oh, come on, it's not life or death. Come on. Like right. when they're talking about something about, well, do you want a red car or a black car? Right. It's not a life or death decision. It's easy. But this, this is one a life is or death a life decision. Or death. Yeah. And I can't fathom how we can't really provide significant education to women that are considering Abortion. I know that there is some legislature where they have to come back two times before mm-hmm. the procedure 
and they do some counseling and there has to be an ultrasound. You know, there's there's certain aspects uh-huh. where they're starting to educate. But I think that if we were to mandate more education prior to a woman choosing abortion, I think that would drastically cut the rates of abortion as well. And I think one of the bigger uh, things that people need to be educated, because I wasn't educated about this, is, and you don't hear this in the abortion debate as much as you would think you would, is the education of adoption and what an option that is. I, again, when I was young and uh, inexperienced, I, when my first wife, before we were married, she got pregnant, I thought the options essentially were abortion or have the baby and keep it and raise it. Of course, I'd heard of adoption, but I never put those things together as a young man. I never thought, oh, I can adopt out a child. I That information needs to be so much more available to people, especially young and maybe not so wise and experienced people. And that's educated, yeah. And I think when you see people on TV debating abortion, I would love so much more to hear, you know, adoption is a beautiful, beautiful option that you could, uh, you could take that road and maybe not suffer for it down the line, realizing what you've done. The tidal wave. Yeah. So. And the other thing that adoption offers over abortion is the father's right to be a part of it. Yeah. With an abortion, you don't need the father's consent. Mm-mm. And, you know, as we talked about in previous in a pre, in previous um, podcasts, you never hear the words of father's right to choose. No. But yet, if you're choosing adoption, the father has to be notified, and he has the right to contest, and he has the right to try to parent. Right. He's not given those same rights when it comes to abortion when it comes to abortion and i think that negating the fact that it takes two people to make a baby Mm -hmm. and it is as much his baby as it is her baby yes she is the one who is carrying the child but she couldn't be carrying the child without his participation right so i think that it's not Fair just seems like such a a minimal word, Mm -hmm. but it's not equitable. It's not, I don't know that every man whose significant other has chosen abortion would have agreed with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, She wouldn't even have to tell him that she was pregnant. She could just go and do it and he he may never know. Not to mention, I think that men in general are denigrated because a lot of the talking points are, oh, he made her carry this child to turn he did you know he didn't have to carry the child and so they look at men as a negative thing instead of wait they're a participant in this act as well as the woman they should be responsible as well as respected a hundred percent agree and yeah if if this gentleman is somebody that you are engaging in a sexual act with Mm -hmm. and you have enough esteem for him to engage on that level but you don't have enough esteem for him to be able to make a decision regarding a child that the two of you created that is essentially half his genetically then that says a lot 
I'm a, I'm a big believer in personal accountability and mm-hmm. responsibility. And I think that, that we need to hold both parties responsible. We need, you know, I do believe that abortion should not be on the table. But if it is, I do believe that both parties should have to be. He should be notified as, you know. And in agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, oh, actually I found a couple of, of facts that really just blew my mind. And I wanted to share these because I, I wanted your take, Ron, on mm-hmm. what you think, how it affects you in your head. In other words, when you hear these these facts about a- abortion, what are your first thoughts? Okay. Abortion medication. So that is the, the, the abortion pill. They call it medication. Abortion pill is now going to be available at California's college health centers under a new law. A study that was done in 2018 published in the Journal of Adolescent Health estimated that 322 to 519 students at California's public universities seek medical abortions each month. Each month. They, it, those numbers blow me away, first of all. And second of all, I feel like a very pro-abortion, not even pro-choice, like you said earlier, a pro-abortion narrative is being pushed, especially on the young, right. kids who are in college. Those are, yeah, that's my opinion. The fact that it's so readily available right. breaks my heart. Do those same schools not even just allow, but require information about adoption? No. No, I mean, you know. at this point, it, this this to me, I equate this with, so we've taken it up a notch and now mm-hmm. they can get it at the, the college health centers. You know, in, in five years, is it going to be like a gumball machine? Are you going to put some money in it and turn the little, right. the little lever? And then Throw it's $500 in the thing and a pill comes out? I mean, is this where we are as a society? It's terrifying. It is. Only 37 states require parental involvement in a minor's decision to have an abortion. No words. As a parent, I'm so grateful that I live in a state, not that any of my children would have an abortion because I've told them from very, very young, that's off the table. But should they attempt to behind my back or or do something awful like that, I'm very grateful that in Arizona, they would have to have permission. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, again, they have to be 18 years old to vote, to, uh, you know, smoke a cigarette, allegedly vape, whatever. They have to be 21 to drink, but at 14, 15, they can just, you know, in some states, not Arizona, they can just go in without a parent to in say. 13 states. Yeah. Ugh. Yes. When the CDC is doing their data, and mm-hmm. they are an exceedingly credible source, a lot of us look to the CDC for numbers and uh, education information. Mm-hmm. It is unfathomable to me that states are not required to submit abortion data to the CDC. The majority do, but they're not required to do so. So we don't really have, as a society and as a nation, accurate abortion numbers. Right. We almost have a lot of good numbers, and then after that, a best guess. Correct. Because it is not a requirement. Interesting. Which I disagree with. Mm -hmm. Especially because in the past... And in some areas, there is funding and federal funding. And mm-hmm. I, I think that, that that needs to be accounted for. And I would really hope that that would change. 
The Planned Parenthood Annual Report covering the 2017-2018 fiscal year was published last January, mm-hmm. and the number of abortions performed by Planned Parenthood rose to 332,757 abortions, an increase of over 3%. Adoption referrals dropped by over 25% to 2,831. The abortion provider, being Planned Parenthood, makes one adoption referral for every 117 abortions. That uh, You've said this statistic before, right. and I, I think it, it bears repeating often because they are not putting out the information that is available to people. Every 117 times they go, oh yeah, you could place this child in a loving home and let it essentially live. Okay. Yeah. So that's really hard for me to process because Mm -hmm. for a long, long, long time, Planned Parenthood has always been looked to as, you know, a resource. And I think it's important, again, to understand that these big entities, these big corporations like Planned Parenthood have funding to be able to do this mass advertising where, you know, adoption agencies don't have that same level of funding. Right. We do the best we can on getting information out, but we don't have the resources that other entities have. Of this national organization. Right. Uh, For instance, uh, the company Mac Makeup just endorsed... Planned Parenthood this year and has made a huge donation. Mm-hmm. That Mac Makeup is huge. That's a huge, huge, huge corporation. And so they're assisting in the funding of Planned Parenthood. And so within that funding, that allows them to do advertising and marketing and so forth. And again, nonprofit agencies just can't compete of course not. with that level of marketing. Mm-hmm. We do the best we can to get the word out on what options are. But again, it really depends on who's listening. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. Or you can call our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and start it on creating an Arizona adoption plan or give you more information. You can check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption, written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me, Ron Rains. If you enjoy this podcast, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, thanks to Grapes for letting us use their song I Don't Know as our theme song. Join us next time for Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.